If you want it, baby, I can show ya. If you want it, I can get to know ya. If you want it, baby, I can show ya. If you want it, baby, I can show ya. Let me explain as I'm taking it off. Let me explain how I feel about us. If you want it, baby, I can show ya. I can show ya. All right, today we got. A.S. Diaz on the Spoon the Nation World Podcast from Miami, Florida. Are you still in Miami there, A.S.? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's where I am. Jeez, it's an interesting name you got there. So, you know, where does, what, what's the meaning of A.S.? <laughs> I got it from an African baby, uh, baby naming website. And it, it's funny enough, it actually means let it come, but uh, completely, you know, unrelated to sperm, but, you know, just serendipitous. <laughs> And and that you have been doing, you've been letting it come. So, um, <laughs> nine babies with two on the way. Is that where you're currently at? Yes, sir. Yes, it's a blessing. How long you been in the game for now? I started donating like six years ago. I started like joining the groups and um, you know getting my feet wet, starting donating to ladies. But I didn't get uh, my first success until three years ago. So, it took a while to get successful. So what's what do you put it down to getting successful? I mean, you put you get you're dipping your toes in. You're in America. There's some bloody big name donors over there. Some um, some cowboys, some rock stars, or whatever you like to describe them as. I mean, how did you come across this uh, world of uh, online sperm donation? I really don't know. I like I I can't remember the moment that I came across it. Um, but. I somehow just thought to look up sperm donor on Facebook, and then I just, I guess I came across this underworld. <laughs> I don't remember the exact moment, but. And then it was time to let it come. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You're on these groups, you're looking at how other guys are rolling, how they're operating. How do you start to work out how you're going to go about this, navigate? It's sort of like, as you say, getting your toes wet, but where, what part of the beach are you sinking your toes in? Uh, You know, I just kind of like was throwing my sperm anywhere and seeing where it stuck, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so you, you're, you're in Miami, Florida. I mean, I don't really know too many other donors in Miami, Florida. All I heard is it's a wild state, and I've seen a few documentaries about drugs and cocaine and and um, you know uh, narco's trafficking trafficking and wild parties and what spring break and and now the Formula One over there um, and obviously the Miami Heat and I guess the Dolphins from uh, when I first watched uh, what's it called uh, Ace Ventura Pet Detective. <laughs> <laughs> So what is it like to be a donor over in that neck of the woods? Okay, that's interesting. Um, a lot of people will hit me up because they're visiting and they're like, they'll be from like Idaho or Missouri or some weird ass like, you know, state um, in the middle Central America, you know, and then um, they'll, they'll be coming down on vacation, you know, and they want to like have like a vacation donation, you know. And I don't know. I don't like that. I don't like. I don't like people like trying to take advantage. Like, oh, they're gonna come down to Miami for vacation and try to have a baby on the weekend that they're here. Like, no, 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 no. I'm not into that. <laughs> but well, you don't. You don't. You don't like them having a romantic setting where they can come down and two for one deal. <laughs> 
I, me, I want to like keep like all the kids in a centralized location if I could, just so that they could like have the opportunity to know each other. I mean, look, we're, we're in different parts of the world and we're talking right now. I mean, imagine if I was a Udona kid right now, we could be going, hey, yo, Donor Daddy, what's up? And you'd be like, hey, what's going on in Australia? And I'd be like, just a few kangaroos hopping around, you know? <laughs> that would be super cool. And I'd be, be like, cool. I'd be like, hey, how's the alligators over there? <laughs> that would be awesome. But I don't know, me, like, as I'm, like, getting more involved and more experienced with donating and, like, you know, the responsibility of having that title of being someone's biological father, you know, uh, I just, like, I want to, I'm learning I want to keep them all, like, you know, relatively close. Like, I like the, I like the, I like, I like when, like, I have a recipient that I could just pop in, like, oh, uh, can I come hang out for a, a half hour? Okay, I'll be right there, you know, not something like I got to travel on a plane or drive too far to see them. So when you first started, you're giving it out willy-nilly, any takers. Why, why do you think it took three years to go? Do you know, does it come down to diet or getting you getting in shape or, you know, what what's the go? Because it seems like it took you three years to get your first one, but now... In the last three years, you've you've hit, you know, about to hit double dig. Yeah, um, you know, I think it was a variety of factors. I was donating in the beginning; it was a, a lot more older ladies, like late thirties, forties, early forties. Um, it was a lot of that demographic. So, um, and on top of it, you know, the diet and the smoking weed doesn't uh, didn't help. Um, but uh, you know, after like. I was going like heavy for like the first year and I didn't get any success. So then I kind of just like fell off and I stopped donating because I didn't think that it was working for me um, into one of the, yeah. Um, so one of my uh, current recipients, she was like very persistent with me and uh, she asked me for a donation and I was like, girl, my, my stuff don't work, you know? Um, but she was like, she only felt, she said she only felt comfortable with me. Cause it's like, you know, as you know, there's a lot of weird characters on these, uh, Facebook groups. So, um, I tried it again with her, not thinking anything was going to work. And, uh, lo and behold, you know, 11 days later, I get a positive pregnancy test picture in my messages. And, you know, uh, ever since then, you know, it's, uh, the rest is history. <laughs> How does it feel like you're coming to be a donor, you're helping all these people and you're not getting any success? Is it demoralizing? You know, do you feel like shit? I'm not a proper man, like my sperm not working, like, you know, for a guy to go through this and go shit, like, you know, you think naturally you're just gonna come in and, and you're gonna shoot out these loads and they're just gonna stick. And it wasn't happening. You know, is it, does it mess, mess with you psych psychologically, that process at the start, but you're not getting those results? Totally, totally. Because, like, it was always, like, my biggest goal to have kids, like, since I was a kid myself. So when, you know, I, I thought it was just going to be like, all right, you know, do a donation, popping out these kids, just like you said, you know. But it, I learned, I came to find out, is you know, it's, it's not that easy. It's not that simple. Um, and, 
it really fucked with me. Yeah, I don't know if I could curse, but um, <laughs> it really messed up, messed me up, cause um, I had I felt like okay, damn, this was like one of my greatest life goals to have kids, and now I have to like kind of like re reevaluate my life goals because it seems like it's not working for me. So it did it did mess me up a little bit, you know. And when I did get that pregnancy test, it was it was a miracle. It was a miracle. Like I cried. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's the moment it's about, really, isn't it? You've just contributed to helping a life and some people spend their time doing negative stuff trying to bring people down and they wake up every day going how can i attack this person or who am i going to attack on the internet today or who am i gonna um troll on a on a on a page or whatever and then you got guys that just like who may i come across today that is going to be a good mum and have a child and then have this great experience you know, for, for life with them, I guess, in a way, connected in that sort of, in that way. And so you've helped women. Um, you said that you are helping a lot of older women now. Have you tweaked the way of who you help now? Are you more inclined to not help older women? Are you more so focusing on young women that live close? Is that, you know, sort of sounding like now? No, age is not a factor for who I help. Um, a factor is definitely location. And another factor is, like, well, I know now to communicate with girls, like, what I'm looking for, which is I want to, like, have some type of involvement with the child, um, at least see them once or twice a year, you know? And uh, ideally, like, they would want to, like, have their children connect with the the siblings. So... That's really the most important factors to me. And other than that, you know, and I'm also, I'm, I really, I want to make babies with someone that I'm attracted to and it doesn't have to be uh, sexual because I'm actually, I'm not a sexually attracted to women, but you know, attraction could be physical. It could be mental, emotional. Like if you have common interests, you know, uh, you share hobbies, you know, things like that, things that that would attract anybody to another person, you know. So I just want to have some type of like chemistry and attraction and uh, ideally have a friendship with the people that I'm helping, you know. And uh, I really only want to help lesbians. <laughs> That's another factor because, you know, uh, I'm gay or whatever. I don't really like labels, but <laughs> but I'm strictly dickly as I like to say. Um, so I prefer just helping lesbian women. Uh, I just like to keep it in the community. <laughs> and that's it. Like lesbians, obviously they're partnered or you're helping single lesbians or they've got to be partnered. They don't got, they don't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And what about you and your, your dating life? You know, do, do have you been in long relationships with men? Have you, like started seeing men and said hey this is how my life looks like i'm a donor i've got all these like kids out there that i like to catch up with and be a part of their lives you know in your dating sense how does that that navigate you know when you come across you know a potential partner for yourself if that's a situation you put yourself in uh i'm not dating uh you know i'm single always ready to mingle <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh 
No, I don't really date, but um, I um, in I always let guys know like I'm 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 always recruiting donors because you know as you know there's so many more girls than guys you know and uh, I think it's just better for like you know the future population if the gene pool is a little bit more just diverse. So I'm always trying to recruit donors and uh, yeah. How does that go for you trying to recruit donors? Well, in the very early days of Sperm Donation Australia, I was looking about how do I inspire men to become donors? And I started joining all these uh, gay groups, gay men groups. And I was like, hey, guys, look, I've created this community. It allows uh, us to help families and put, put a couple of children out there. And that way, you know, you can stay like an uncle figure or, you know, have something to do with maybe perhaps later in life. And pretty much three quarters of the group started attacking me, going, "Well, we shouldn't procreate," and and I was oh, just like, "I was just like, holy shit!" Like, you know, like, yeah, I'm coming in to try and offer you guys a, a different, um, you know, a way of starting a family or and all that. And then, so I think some people have so compartmentalized it in their head that they're not going to have children or we shouldn't be having children that they, you know, they're trying to talk themselves out and out of it so you know even what i thought would be like a, which i thought would be a eureka moment idea uh yeah. it got got shut down by a lot of them totally yo um that's crazy um but not so surprising because uh yeah i've 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 tried recruiting donors like for as long as i've been a donor and uh i don't, I don't think i've ever gotten one guy to ever be interested in donating <laughs> and i and i try i try like i let every every decent guy that i know i let them know hey if you're interested like this is like an amazing route that you could take and you could be helping a lot of people and but yeah i have not got anyone to bite <laughs> i don't know what it is you know it's a big responsibility um being someone's just holding that title even if you're not going to be someone's parent you know that's just that's a a big responsibility just holding that title like people you know that's a talking point in people's lives like people ask you like hey what do your parents do you know so whenever somebody asks them about their parents you know they're going to refer back to you you know like oh that's a, so yeah it's a, it's a big responsibility um so i, I kind of get it um but yeah it's hard it's hard to find donors not a lot, not a lot of guys want to do it I mean, I'm not going to toot my horn, but I think I've, I'm doing slightly better in recruiting donors than you are if you're, you haven't got one yet. So <laughs> keep that, trying. That was, that was brilliant. That was a brilliant fucking idea. And like, <laughs> damn, you really like, you really inspired me right there. That was, that was a really cool idea to do that. But that's insane that they kind of like attacked you. <laughs> well, that was a few years ago now. Maybe times have changed. Uh, that was probably when no one's even came across the idea of online donors. There wasn't much media out there about that then. So, you know, it's been like eight years, seven or eight years maybe since I did that post back then when I went around all those groups. But, hey, that was in Australia as well. America might be different. Who knows? So um, so I'm what gonna are you – I'm going to take a page from your book. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me know how you go with that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we'll put it all out there. We need more gay men donating, you know. I think it would be cool. Um <laughs> What do you reckon about smoking weed then? Do you reckon it does play a part in fertility? You know, did you have to cut it down or reduce it? Is that a sacrifice you have to make uh, as a lifestyle choice when you go, okay, I want to help people have um, families? Um, it's nice to chill out and blaze, I guess. But, like, you know, do you have to say, oh, I've got to put that roach down because uh, <laughs> I've got a duty of care now that I'm 
helping someone in the process of having children? Yeah, um, that's a great question. Um, once I f- first started like getting my success, my first success was like um, ended up being a mi- an early miscarriage. Um, so after I had that first miscarriage, I figured like I'm gonna do everything to get my everything I can to get my sperm right, which was in- included like uh, stop smoking weed. So I stopped smoking weed for like two three months, and uh, in that period I got had like uh, four successes in that period, and then. So once I had those four successes, I was like, all right, okay, I'm gonna pick the weed back up. And then yeah, the the successes have been a little bit slower since then. But you know what? I don't mind because I'm not trying to have a hundred kids anyways. So I don't mind uh, <laughs> if the successes start coming a little slower. But I definitely think it does have an effect for sure, as as I've seen myself. So do you reckon that some of these big donors out there with large numbers? that they should like the government should prescribe them marijuana as a birth control mechanism nah because i don't think it'll be very effective but uh (laughs) it still works you still your sperm still works you know but uh yeah no i think they should just stop donating altogether but you know (laughs) i mean a lot a lot of places now weed you know is legalized around the world. I just came back from Thailand and everyone's smoking there on the streets. And and I was um, worried about having in my system just from the third party smoke because uh, I get drug tested and stuff as well. So uh, I was just a bit worried about that. But like, it's it's very common now. It's not considered really frowned upon. Uh, yeah. However, there would be some pe- women that would be like, I don't want you drinking. I don't want you smoking. Do you come across those types? No, no. Um, I'm sure I have, but yeah, if it, it probably didn't work out, no, it didn't, it didn't work out if, if I have, um, no, usually I'll smoke with my recipients and those are the ones that are my favorite ones. So <laughs> <laughs> they're coming over, they're not doing the, uh, the vacation coming over, flying over, they're, you know, they're chilling out in your garage, smoking a spliff and you're like, all right. I'm going to go do this, like, and then they inseminate. Yep. Is that, is that yep. how? <laughs> yep, exactly, exactly. So all, so all these babies are getting conceived while everyone's just bloody high, having a good time, blazing? No, it, that's, it's rare. It's more rare that I smoke with them. But, you know, when it, when it does happen, it's a, it's a nice occurrence, you know, because it's a good time to bond, you know, bond with your recipients and have a conversation Cause like me, I feel like all my recipients are like, like my sister wives in a in a way, you know. Like, <laughs> I mean, to, like people can have their some like on marijuana, they can have these real like I think deep conversations, isn't it? You know, like down the rabbit hole, talking yeah. about life and and all that. Do you find that? when you you know do you find you know because people meet up for people for coffees or they go to the pub for a drink you know do you reckon they should go to a bloody spliff bar or you know catch up in a park and 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 have a smoke and then just just like yeah let the marijuana do the talking and and lay it all on the line you know because do you find that you learn a lot more about your recipients if they're um you know on the influence of, of of uh you know cannabis 
it doesn't really happen that that many times, maybe a handful of times. But uh, yeah, it's a great bonding, you know, and I prefer smoking over drinking coffee or drinking, you know, cocktails or anything. So. Well, everyone listening to this show today, if you smoke weed, contact him and you might have like the, yeah. Uh, what's it called? The uh, the smoke daddy as your uh, baby. But I mean, look, you go over there. You got to move over to him. Actually, you got to stay in Florida. You can't live too far away, otherwise, you know, he wants he wants to catch up and have more spliffs and have a good time. So, um, but look, it, yeah, I'm hoping that I could. I'm hoping I could teach you know one of the the kids how to roll for me because I don't know how to roll. So, <laughs> jeez. Uh, there'll be so many people hating you right now and there's so many people loving you it's going to be divided right down the middle (laughs) when you had your first miscarriage is it a weird feeling to get told the news that what goes through your mind do you feel that shit i had something to do with this because i wasn't as healthy yeah the first time was like devastating for me like it was so emotional because my first miscarriage was also my first like positive pregnancy ever so I had so much like emotional weight tied to this pregnancy already. It was the first one. Um, so yeah, when it, when she let me know that she miscarried, it was just, it was very super sad, super sad. Um, and I did feel like it was partially my fault, you know? And so that's why I figured like, it was like a motivation for me. Like I'm gonna get all, I'm gonna do everything I can do, like diet wise, exercise wise, you know, habits like stop smoking weed. I'm going to do everything I can do in my power to get my sperm like bulletproof so that we're going to like get because I felt like it was a sign from God, like like that first pregnancy, like even though it miscarried, it was like it was like a sign from the universe, if you will, like like, oh, your sperm does work. You just got to like, you know, get that shit healthy. So, um, yeah, that's what I did. And um, <laughs> I forgot what i was saying though <laughs> <laughs> well that's what marijuana does to you that's a sign from, that's a sign from god right there my friend <laughs> amen amen <laughs> <laughs> you've helped 11 families essentially now at the start you said no contact you're happy for no contact but now you've changed that around have you got a mother's group yeah i got a mom's group um my group is like super dry right now not gonna lie which it was a lot more popping but you need, uh, you need to start handing the joints out there my friend <laughs> and, uh, get it popping <laughs> hopefully one day hopefully one day that would be that would be great <laughs> but um yeah no um i would love like the moms to connect more but uh a few of the moms are just like not interested in that and uh yeah no no connections like they're friends on facebook some of them so that's cool i love that um i'm just hoping you know in the future for more connections but you know the oldest kid is just turned two so everything is still relatively new so there's a lot more time for connections so what what do you think is the issue here with You've done a bit of research into it. Donor children love to be associated with other donor children. They love the way that they, if they got to know them growing up. You got parents that not as um, 
interested or like what's the reason why people are hesitant about this do you feel from your observations um a lot of times people like they just they just want to like have their own little family i guess in in my case with my recipients like they just want to like do their own little thing and like you know I guess is what it is you know they just they they don't they don't want no involvement you know do you think they grow up with a mum and a dad and they just sort of feel like even if they're the same sex they're like i'll grow up with me and my partner and they just try and replicate this way of uh how society's tried to implement it in western societies over the years yeah i think so but um um i don't know i think it's i think it's uh, a little selfish because um you know, it's not about what you want when you have a kid, you know, it's about your kid. The kid is the priority. So you got to like stop. I feel like if, if, if it's real selfish, just be like, well, no, it's just me, my partner and the kid. It doesn't matter who the, the person who helped us like he's, you know, uh, he's no factor in this. You know, not that I'm trying to be like a co-parent or anything, but, you know, I would just love to visit, you know, once a year, you know. If you want to visit once per year what is so like what what makes that such a negative or bad experience for them like i mean why is that so horrible why have they got it in their head that it's going to ch change the whole dynamic of who they are and who their child is i have no idea um i really don't know i uh, i wish i could get into their minds and try to figure it out because I feel like you know the more the merrier you know it takes a village to raise a child so you know and you introduce your children to a bunch of extended family members you know cousins aunts uncles grandparents you know and what's one more you know person that loves and cares for the child and you know wants to be there as a source of support and guidance and love and motivation you know like what is what is what's the harm I don't know but you know, um, I feel like, uh, sadly, my, the kids might resent that one day. Um, but you know, it is what it is. So, do you remember the first time you met one of these children? Yes, I met my. I, I, I met them mostly in chronological order. So, as but, <laughs> but in like, if the name's called A, starts with A, you'll meet them, or if it's. <laughs> down Z, like, if they like named Zebra or Zara. No, 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 no chronological, like, like, the one, the first one that was born, I met her first, you know, the second one that was born, I second, you know? So. so, go through how that was arranged, the idea about the concept, the place you met, the feelings going into all that. Okay, that was, like, a real blessing to me, because, um, like I said, I was just throwing my sperm wherever it stuck, you know, not communicating with women what I was looking for, which is the biggest fucking thing that I would like, my biggest advice to any fucking donor is like communication now. Um, and I was not doing any communication back then. So it was a real blessing that she invited me to um, the, the baby shower, you know, before the baby was born. And uh, I got to meet her family and just see their, you know, how their culture works. And, um, yeah, it was a beautiful time. And then um, she invited me to her, the, 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 my recipient invited me to her own birthday on her, the, the recipient's birthday and had a great time there. And 
got invited to the, you know, the birthday party and the second birthday party. And uh, it's just like, it, it wasn't planned. None of that was planned. Like, oh, okay, we're going to, you're going to be involved in the child's life. Like none, none of that was discussed. It was just, you know, thank God that it happened. And it's been a, such a blessing. Like um, we, I went to her house. They invited me to her house. Um, the same place that I donated, um, I donated in um, their uh, bedroom, bathroom. And uh, yeah, and then I met her at that house, you know, like a year later or about almost a year later from when I donated. So, yeah. <laughs> as, a, as a donor, do you have donor children that you feel more connected to or like a, a favorite or, you know, how, how does that reside in your mind when it comes to looking at all these children you know there's nine out there now currently born you know is there do you look at them differently like if you have more connection with one then you do you like them more you know what i mean like how how does that play with your, your your mind when you you know you're looking at these number of kids now that you got out there people ask me that but i don't know i don't like i don't know how like there could be like a favorite i really don't like i love them all like there, I don't have a favorite, but like, yes, there is ones that I have like a special connection with. Like one of my recipients, she brought my my kid over um, for his birthday. And we did a, I did a, we, we threw a birthday party at my house for my son. And um, my whole family came and got to meet him. So, you know, that, that son, I might have a little bit more special connection with because he got to meet my whole family. And, you know, my family asks about him, how's he doing, you know, and my mom actually, you know, built up a, a, a relationship with the recipient, my recipient mom. So um, they're texting and they're on WhatsApp and messaging back and forth. And she's sending pictures of him um, to my mom. And so, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's the, so that one I have a more special relationship with, but it's only because, you know, the recipient mom made the the effort in she put the effort to have for my my son to have a relationship with us um but me personally i don't have any like favorites like they're all like i think they're all such cool kids even i, if I haven't met them all there's a, a couple two or three that i haven't met yet but like just from the pictures and like just i feel like they're so such awesome kids and like i don't know i get i get really like enamored i look at their pictures all the time <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, the cultures and diversity and ethnicities, we live in a world now that, you know, we're, we're quite blended all around and, um, what, you know, what, do you find it interesting when you donate to different cultures or, or different types of people, different backgrounds, you know, what, you know, in Florida, particularly what type of, um, women, uh, are more so wanting to go down the donor path? you know there's all different types of women in florida you know it's a melting pot um but uh me i'm really big on culture uh i love culture different culture and learning about other people's culture um i'm really big on that i love traveling so it's one of my biggest passions and um one of my biggest like goals with donating i definitely want is like i want i want to have diversity in my gene pool so um having diverse recipients is definitely is like paramount to me like so i because I, I just want to like kind of 
you know, hook hook myself to other people's cultures if I could, because I just love to connect. I love to connect. And I feel like having a child from a different culture is like the best way because, you know, it's like a physical embodiment of you with that culture. And it's just like such an amazing way to like see it through their eyes as well. And, you know, hopefully maybe one day like we could learn the culture together, you know, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm a big fan of learning. <laughs> so, I mean, what cultures have you helped so far? And is there any on your bucket list that you go, geez, that'd be a really cool culture to like one day explore and have discussions with and, and learn more off, off from this person? So far, I'm just missing like Asian cultures. So anyone from Asia, like I would love to donate to. Um, yeah, that's my bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I mean, yeah, just it, it's pretty cool. I mean, I mean, Asia is a big continent. There's so many different cultures in there. Actually, I just got back from Thailand, but you know, even when I went to Japan, they're totally, you know, they're all totally different from each other in in terms of their way of lifestyle and life and and how they see life and how they uh, carry out their life. You threw sperm out when you first started. Do you find some donors or a lot of donors when they first start are just throwing out because they, you know, is it a part of a thing that you're like, hey, does this does this work? Like, uh, you know, is that why you're throwing it out everywhere, just thinking, if, you know, I'm going to see if it sticks first to, you know, because. It doesn't sound like when you say you're throwing it out, there's not much of a screening process to begin with. You know, what, what's the what's your advice to like newcomer donors and, and all that would that would start in terms of what you were doing and throwing it out? Like, you know, is is there a reason that you thought maybe my sperm doesn't work or I just want to get one quickly to see if that does work? That's exactly what I was doing. I was just I didn't know my, my stuff was working. So I was just like, you know, we'll, we'll see what 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 uh what what gets a goal, you know? But now, like I said, my number one advice would just be like communicate um, what what you're looking for, you know. And I think it's best to have involvement, um, because before I would just be like, you know, uh, whatever the recipient wants, you know, I'm just gonna respect that. But you know, I learned from like donor conceived groups, whatever, you know, their opinions, like. Like, that's not enough. You can't just be, like, leave it on the recipient. Like, you got to, like, let them know that you want to be a part of their life because that's just the most ethical because the kid's already, like, being introduced to their extended family members. So um, it doesn't harm the kid to know one more, you know, especially one that you help create. So um, my biggest advice is just communication um, that to be a known donor, um, yeah, that's what I let people know when I'm trying to recruit. Like, it's it, it's a blessing. It's an amazing blessing. Um, I had such beautiful moments through sperm donating, but um, it's also responsibility. You know, it feels like also like I want to like make make my kids proud. You know, um, I don't want to. You know, I just want to make them proud because you know if they look back. You know that you want to be proud of where you came from, like the people that you came from. You know, you want you take pride in that. So I hope, hopefully, one day I can make them proud. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> what about some of the places you've donated at? You know, have you ever been asked to go into some, you know, risky spots or you know, like? <laughs> yes, totally. Yes. Oh my God, I've donated in like the worst, worst, worst one was I donated in um, 
was it a Wendy's bathroom? It was like a fast food place, you know, a fast food restaurant, like a McDonald's. And I donated in the re- in the restroom in there, you know, it was really uh, real dirty in there. So <laughs> but never again. After I, after I donated to her in that restaurant, I was like, you know, I, I hope she doesn't get pregnant because what the hell did I was just was I just doing? Like, no, and she didn't get pregnant, thank God. But uh yeah, no. So never. what she, she's like, hey, um, go and do this donation. I'm just gonna order a Wendy's burger and a and a fix shake. And, uh, yeah. yep. <laughs> you know, while you whip, whip out some whipped cream, I will just uh, <laughs> indulge in this. Pretty much, pretty much. But, you know, what's crazy is what was, um, I had to do NI once or PI, you know, partial insemination. Um, and uh, I had never had sex with a girl before. So that was a crazy experience. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sounds I like, to, I mean, how did yeah. how did it go down? I mean, you, it just sounds like you never went back after that. No, you know what? We actually tried it like uh, three times, I think, because um, the first time she tried to make it all romantic. Well, let me tell you, it was actually uh, it was it was like almost like a threesome, if you will, because it was both partners. Um, so that was wild. Um, and she tried to like make it romantic, put the lights down low, and uh, you know put light some candles or whatever like close the blinds it was real and me i had never like seen like you know a, a vagina in person so that was wild i was like trying to like navigate a completely new anatomy that i was not familiar with and the lights are like really dimmed um <laughs> it was like it was like it it, it was like a, a porno could be a sitcom that's what it was. <laughs> It was, it's pretty much like you going into another world and uh, having sex with an alien. Is that what you're trying to say? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, wow. You really hit it on the nail. It was definitely. So now that you've had sex with VT, what <laughs> is, I mean, do, do you know, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna go and do it again? I mean, is it something that you'd never do or is that like, no, nah, try to be there. Um, I'll just stick to the car probably there. You know, I can't say that I cannot say that I enjoyed it. Uh, I don't I don't I don't I don't think I enjoyed it. But, um, you know, uh, like it felt good for what it was. But, you know, just just the thought of it just didn't. I, 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 I would I would be down to do it again because um, I just think it would be cool to have a child that way. Um, but uh, I'm not exactly like clamoring to do that, you know. I mean, do you find it harder to uh, reach the climax being in a place that, you know, you're not really attractive to, attracted to or familiar okay, with? Good, good question. Yeah, no, um, that was hard. Uh, I have to, like, every time I've done it, I've done it maybe, like, I did it three times with that girl, and then I did it um, one time with another girl. And every time that I do it, I have to, like, watch porno, like, my own type of porno, and, uh, you know, uh, try to get myself up to the the point before you know I insert. So which uh, which celebrity you got in your in your wank bank there while you're going at it? Like close your eyes and you're like, oh. <laughs> damn, I like Justin Bieber. Justin <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, um, yeah. I guess a lot of people like that Justin Bieber. I think you won fan points for that one. <laughs> <laughs> I um I can't say that uh the next time I do a donation I'll be um stroking to um Justin Bieber but um <laughs> let's just hope they don't put the music on in the background now otherwise I might be thinking about it. 
<laughs> baby, 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 oh. <laughs> uh, do you feel that as a donor now and as you become more experienced or been around quite a bit, that there is like hating hater groups out there that could put a target on your back if you don't be responsible or see that you're trying to be responsible um, or if you put yourself in a position where, you, you know, you could be seen as a, as a clown or not taking it too seriously. Do you find that, you know, you could get attention brought to you by the way you carry yourself as a donor? Um, totally, because, you know, donating is just like, I feel like a lot of guys like are like that's like their like main personality is that they're a donor um and that's not my case i feel like i'm i'm trying to make a name for myself you know uh completely separate from donating um so definitely i feel like some things i could do might be controversial controversial but uh you know i stand by everything i say and everything i do and um you know, uh, I put I have a lot of passion in everything that I do and everything I say. So, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, no regrets, you know, and people, I feel like, you know, people that I help, you know, are everyone, you know, I, I'm so, I'm friends with everyone I've helped, thank God, and everyone has for the most part has been like totally supportive so yeah do you feel that you need to also be as we said about screen or who you pick or who you want to have as mothers of children that you've you know from your dna if you just help random people with no mutual understanding of each other do you find that's when you could have mothers turn on you like and become haters that they want to bring you down or try and turn you know publicly shame you yeah if you don't have that good um relationship with them yes absolutely um yeah it's really important to like maintain good relationships i'm actually like it's funny you say that because i'm i'm dealing with that right now um yeah uh i had a mom uh with uh, one of my uh, kids and um she somehow came to find out that I was about to donate to uh, someone in her past. I don't know if it was her, her old friend or someone that she had dated. I don't know, but um, she just didn't want me to donate to them. And uh, I just, I don't want no drama. Like, I, so I had to tell the girl, you know, uh, can't donate to you, sorry. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I just want to like keep peace. I just want to keep peace. I want to have good relationships with everyone. Because, you know, those relationships, those relationships are important, you know. Have you ever seen, you know, examples of, you know, donors out there and news stories or, you know, these groups where they talk about people and you just think this is, you know, uh, you know, that teaches you valuable lessons in what to do and what not to do or how to stay out of trouble or how to you know, keep people happy or, you know, because obviously if you help that lady and she had a child, then that could have started a bit of ongoing conflict. It would be resentment there. 
you know, do you reckon some people don't have that power to say no or have that better judgment and saying, hey, this could really come back and bite me in the ass if I, if I, uh, you know, just go out and give this person, you know, a baby? Um, yeah, I don't think uh, most donors are donating with much judgment, much good judgment. Um, I feel like a lot of donors are just like, you know, have a, they're just trying to populate. And um, uh, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've heard stories of like a, a donor in, a, in the USA and he's uh, he's Caucasian, but he has an Africa African American account. Allegations or rumors or hearsay out there that he ships sperm. You know, because obviously you don't see the donor when the sperm comes in a in a um, container or however it's packaged. And uh, you know, so you don't know if the sperm's African American or Caucasian or. Latino, you, you don't know. So, you know, do you feel there is some trickery going on out there that's not clear and transparent? And what, what's your views on people uh, receiving sperm from shipment? Have you done that before? Um, I was interested at first um, shipping, but I'm, I don't like to ship. No, I don't, I don't do that. Um, I did it one time didn't work but uh yeah i'm not i'm not into shipping uh a lot of girls i feel like they just they just like they just want to like get a shipment because like they just like they don't want to deal with the guy you know it's just like <laughs> they don't they they rather not deal with the guy they rather pay extra to not deal with the guy they just want to like you know pick up the sperm in their mailbox and have a baby you know um so for that reason i just don't I want to have like I want someone to have a conversation with me and be more have it be more personable um, and in person. So I don't I don't like the idea of shipping my sperm out in the mailbox. Um, yeah. Another big topic of discussion that's going on in America at the moment is um, by um, a small section out there that are talking about genetic testing. You know what? You know. Do you find that when you speak into these women, they're like, "Does many people even care about genetic testing?" Like, I mean, like everyone on this planet has been born um, from genetic testing. Without genetic testing, majority of the time, uh, you know, whether it's from a mother or father, one night stand, or a fling, or or whatever. And um, but now we're in this world where. You know, clinics are doing um, genetic testing to cover their ass. So it's sort of been integrated into, oh, well, online donors should do it. I mean, but do you find that the majority of women in these groups don't really care? Like, you know, they're just going off like old school values of, you know what, my parents didn't need genetic testing for me and I was all right. You know, what's what's the, where do you, what do you think about that? Like, and what have you noticed in terms of, people requesting it or do they or do people care um yeah uh the most genetic testing i've done is just you know spit in a tube ancestry 23 and me that's the most i've done well no i did a sickle cell test um 
And that was probably the extent of my genetic testing. Um, but yeah, no, I've never had to. Um, other than the sickle cell, that was just one recipient that requested me to do that. And uh, I will send them, I'll send them my, uh, my ancestry DNA reporter, 23andMe, if, if they're like, you know, if they're interested about that. But people just really ask me about uh, family health history. And, you know, they ask if you have it like a history with addiction or mental health. And that's really the extent that people ask me. Yeah. Uh, look, it's interesting because it seems that, you know, some people are forcing that or wanting to force that, but they didn't care themselves when they had a child or um, when they picked a donor, they didn't. But it seems like, you know, there seems to be a focus on it now. But, I mean, I, there's a lot of women now in this particular instance that are saying, you know what, I don't have that. I'm not a carrier of that, so that doesn't bother me. Um, you know, uh, we all apparently we're all carriers of something, whether or not they've diagnosed it yet. Because you know, there's over twenty thousand million genes, and they, they only know five hundred thirty-four of them, or something. You know, something like that um, that they've established so far. So you know, at the end of the day, we're all not perfect. But I mean, it's just interesting to see where where the conversations popping up now about all this, and if people in America are, are insisting on you getting genetic testing to a furrow stand, or most of the time it's just talking about family health history and uh, mental illness. Which seems to be uh, what's like what's around most of the world. Yeah, I got to say, going back to your your threesome where you lost your virginity with a woman. I mean, you know, there's not many people that have the story of uh, having a threesome. I mean, I've never, I've never had a threesome in in, in helping people have babies. So wow. Like, um, and I'm not even gay. Um, but <laughs> do you find that maybe, maybe I should, maybe I should pose as gay then? Maybe that might be that, you know, do you find that if women know you're gay, they might, oh, we'll try and turn him on with, like, you know? <laughs> no, 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 that wasn't the case. No, no, no. Um, so yeah, I told they want with that particular couple, like, you know, they said they was interested in a donation. I said, okay, um, so just get the disc. And they said, well, uh, we don't really know how to work the cups. We were just thinking, you know, we could just do it like regular. And I was like, oh, uh, okay. And it was a really gorgeous woman, you know. Um, and so I was really happy to like uh, pop my cherry with someone, <laughs> <laughs> someone like a beautiful girl, you know. You, you want to like, you want to, you know, I don't know. <laughs> you want your first time, I guess, to be some. You want any time that you have sex, you want it to be with someone beautiful, you know. And uh, yeah, no, um, no. A lot of times, I tell people uh, I'm gay. I tell them I tell them I'm gay, you know. And then um, they they do love that. The girls do love that. It is a is it, I don't know. It just makes feel girl girls feel like a little more comfortable or a lot more comfortable, you know. Um, yeah, um, I prefer the cup though. It's just a lot more easier that way. Um. Yeah, <laughs> I mean we have a lot. We have a lot of gay guys that post in the Australian group from time to time, 
And then they, you know, they write gay. And as soon as they were, yeah, I'm gay now, they're like, whoa, the, the comments are just bloody shooting up. Bang, 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 bang. I want your babies. I want your babies. It's just like, you know, it's sort of soon as you drop the word gay, you're just like, you, your your sperm is worth tenfold. It's more popular than anti-vax sperm. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So you know, anyway. make a good team. Make a good team. Let women, gay men, you know, like we both like, you know, like vagabonds from society, like outcasts, you know, like make a good team. I don't know. I think it's cool. Like that's why I really only like to help lesbian girls. So I, I think I think if I was, you know, if I wanted to populate the the, the planet, I'd turn gay just to do that. You know, like. <laughs> I'd have all demands from left, right, and center. All these people wanting to use me just because I'm gay, and and then it'd be a masterstroke genius move for someone that wants to populate the planet. But luckily, I'm not here to populate the planet. I'm here to get more donors in so they can help populate the planet. But <laughs> I think the, I think I think mean, yeah, I think mean, it's uh you know you know it's like the um you know. <laughs> the gay best friends, you know, for the girls because they trust them. They're like, I'm just going to take my bra off and get changed because, like, it doesn't matter if I'm naked in front of you because, like, you're not, you're not turned on by anyway. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, better on that note, all this, uh, all this talk of uh, threesomes and tops off now, probably is, probably what better time to wrap this uh, episode up and uh, carry on the rest of our day or your night. And, uh, look, I really appreciate you coming on the show and giving us some awesome insight with some cool chats. And, um, yeah, no, I, I really, really enjoyed it. So, um, look. I just want to practice my, I don't want to practice my Australian accent when I got to your real, a real Australian here in the flesh or, you know, digital flesh. But, um, I've been, I've been practicing Australian. Um, you know, you take a slight right at the light. You know, yeah, very simple on the Bible. My, my, my mom's from Melbourne. My dad's from Brisbane. But, you know, uh, <laughs> Spam the Nation Australia keeps getting better and better. You know, um, <laughs> you sound like, you actually sound like Leonardo DiCaprio from Blood Diamond, that, um, that movie, <laughs> where he's trying to be a South African dude. So I think, I think it's got, I think you got half Australian, South African sort of in, in that. So, but you know what? Points for trying. Because I don't know if I could do, I don't know if I could do American accent, especially now. Like you know, I haven't had time to rehearse it. You know, like. <laughs> oh no, I've been rehearsing that. I've rehearsed that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know what, I would say to you, if you have, if you, if you had an Australian child, you'd be able to. Uh, get better at it and work on it because obviously you'd be having that dialogue quite regularly, you know, in the future. But I mean, there's not probably many local Australians living in Miami. Um, so you're probably going to be out of luck there. Um, so <laughs> there'll be a lot of people here listening to the show today, knowing that you're gay. So they'll be like, I'll come over to Miami and we'll pretend we're moving there, trick him, have his baby and come back <laughs> to Australia. And you'd be like, a dingo stole my baby. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> then go take my baby. Then yeah. go take my baby. Um, I love your podcast. I actually listen to like every. I think I've heard every po uh, episode already. I think what you're doing is so freaking cool. Um, you're super cool guy to me. Like 
it's very noble what you're doing, especially like, you know, recruiting guys and trying to get the word out there. And then, you know, this podcast is just build, it's just putting dialogue out there, you know, and it's necessary. It's necessary. There's not a lot of people having conversations like this. So you're super cool to me. Um, and thank you for having me, bro. Yeah, no, I love it. I, I, I do this cause I love, I love hearing different aspects. I love hearing different people's stories you know, we don't always get it right when we start this thing. It's one of those things that, you know, you're dipping your toes in, but whereabouts are you dipping your toes in and how do you, you know, what beach and shore you're going to wash up upon? You don't, you just don't know. You don't, you know, as you said, you didn't want no contact. Now you've, you've developed into, you went down this path that you want contact and it's all about evolving. And, uh, you know, we're listening to all these stories of evolving and, and journeys that people have taken. So, for me to do this podcast and come across cool, unique characters from all parts of the world is is it's fun. So you know, I loved having you on as a guest today, and uh, I love to do more episodes with more and more people as it continues. And uh, you know, hopefully, make it more make it enjoyable for you to continue listening and uh, hear some cool, crazy shit out there as well. Totally, totally. Hopefully, I can meet you out in Perth one day. We can have. <laughs> Be what you're gonna say, have a spliff. <laughs> oh, that's who we go. Uh, no, I'm, I'm good for that. Um, fortunately, um, I can't so, but um, no, I will quite happily watch you have a spliff and probably breathe in the third party fumes. That... Okay, yes. perfect. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on that note, thanks for again. More information, uh, about. This episode, you'll find it on the on SpurbyNationWorld.com page. Jeez, I think it must be getting up towards episode 64 now. Uh, we're ticking them over. I at least want to get to 100, but I'll probably keep going and going and going. But we're getting there. We're getting there. So, um, yeah, it's uh, awesome to get your side of the story in from Miami, Florida. So anyone looking for a donor Miami, Florida, uh, you got to live close by. you got to... You gotta be willing to catch up every now and then. Ideally, you want to be part of this little um, community tribe he's got going on here, where you know all the mothers want to be connected. If that's your type of personality, and uh, you know you want a gay donor, because that's um, you know it's a that's a, a high attraction thing for for um, women. Uh, this guy's the perfect guy for you then. So uh, give him a message. You'll be able to find his contact details on the episode guide list. He's also in Sperm Donation USA. And yeah, thanks. Have a good time. Thank you, bro. All right, bro. Catch ya. If you wanna, baby, I can show ya. Hey, over and out. You will never be. You will never be. Be mine. Be mine. You don't know. You don't know what I know now. But I know. How it go, it goes down When I ain't around though, you don't know, you don't know But I know this That you been out with him And him and him and him You a fucking thought though Honestly, I don't know what the fuck I thought though You was my friend before, but always started out slow Now I'm thinking, damn, damn, where the time go? Damn, where the time go? Damn, the dream Now I'm standing out here in the rain Thinking to myself, what the fuck? Like damn, like damn